rubber Red Sox nation It's a kind of a family Wherever I roam A Fenway home That's where I long to be I'm a member of a Red Sox nation It's a kind of insanity Yeah, I live and die With Red Sox pride for eternity I make a smile Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bats podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late on Periscope, the podcast can be found after the conclusion of it on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Player FM. Um, and it will be up on Stitcher probably within the next couple of days. So bear with us on that. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set to end the season against the New York Yankees. Yankees took two out of three. I am Terry Cushman, and from here forward, I will be joined by Jeremy Schilling and Billy Hollihan, who will both be making their debuts tonight and on the early week uh, show uh, from here forward. So, Jeremy, uh, welcome to the podcast, and uh, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks, Terry. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts in Centerville, uh, lifelong Red Sox fan that was ingrained from my father. Uh, my mother also a big baseball fan. Uh, so a big part of my life growing up uh, was summers at Fenway, playing the game. Uh, I played in the Little East Conference for four years, coached one year of college baseball, and then moved to Fort Lauderdale to uh, pursue my career and go to grad school, which I ended up staying down here and um, got married to my uh, college sweetheart. We have two kids. Hopefully they are both uh, picking up the game from how much dad watches and, and cares about it and talks about it. And uh, it's uh, something I really look forward to, to talk about baseball on a weekly basis with you guys. And uh, so for that, I thank you. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Billy, uh, you're, uh, you're up now, so why don't you uh, get them acquainted with you? Uh, yeah, um, I'm Billy, obviously. Um, I'm 19. I'm from Rhode Island. I've lived in Rhode Island my whole life. Uh, I've been a Red Sox fan my whole life. My whole family's big Red Sox fans. Played baseball throughout high school. Now I go to URI, major in communications, and I'm excited to talk baseball. All right. So uh, it's kind of an interesting time to be joining the uh, program because it's uh, it's about to get real. We're going to... Uh, kind of see what happens with this wild card and then hopefully for the first time since 2013 advance beyond the ALDS and I guess we'll get into the uh, state of the team right now 
it's been a bit of a turbulent month of September to say the least. And uh, even though the the season ended on a good note today, and you had players perform pretty well today that we'd been hoping to see all along, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen once the the pressure finally turns up? Because we, um, you know, the games aren't meaningless from here forward like they've been for the last, you know, seven to ten days. So. Jeremy, why don't you uh, start with your thoughts on the current state of the team and how you feel about it as we uh, enter this week? Terry, the analogy I use every year for that team that runs away with the division, and in the American League it basically happened with everybody, but the 90s Braves would win the division by September 15th or earlier have two weeks of meaningless baseball games, and then walk into the playoffs and just always underachieved. So for my state of the team, I would say my biggest concern is that 90s Braves dilemma. Uh, And I know our second topic is Cora, but I thought Cora really handled these two, three weeks well with playing the main guys, having them play big innings, uh, and not doing the you know the rest and relaxation route. Uh, when Mookie went down with the oblique, I, I had some concerns that either just with him or as a cautionary tale, it was going to project on the rest of the team where they were going to go that route. He didn't. He he DH'd him I think three days later, and then got him back in right field two days after that. So uh, really happy with the way Cora handled the end of the the end of the year. The wins and losses uh, don't matter uh, in my mind just because the the way Cora handled the bullpen and the pitching staff and limiting innings and pitches and um, the way they had to really deal with Sale to get him back stretched out where he can throw 100 pitches hopefully on Friday. Uh, So I'm optimistic. I'm really optimistic. Um, I understand that there's significant historical information that says that key guys are going to struggle. but I, I like to think that Cora's personality has a trickle down on this team, and they're not going to ball up like they did under Farrell. Uh, with that said, it's you know kind of watching with one eye and and hoping that some of the trends will be bucked here and, and as we move into the uh, ALDS. Very good, Billy. Uh, what's your thoughts as we enter this week? Yeah, I mean, you look at the team; most wins in baseball, but. When you look at the roster, I don't think they have the most talent in baseball. They they finished eight games ahead of the Yankees. I don't think they're eight games better than the Yankees. I think they're a better team than the Yankees, yes. I don't think they're eight games better. And then there's the Astros. I don't think they're a better team at all than the Astros. Starting pitching-wise, no. Bullpen-wise, no. Lineup-wise, no. Are one through four? Maybe it's better. Probably not. But I just think the Astros are the best team. And when you get... When you're done with Bogarts in this lineup, in the Red Sox lineup, who scares an opposing pitcher? Excellent point. Yeah, I mean, Bradley's been hitting okay, but he's never really done it before in October. And, you know, we don't know if it's going to be Nunez further down or Devers. But uh, in our catchers, of course, not getting a lot of production there, uh, you know, with, with a baseball bat. So... Yeah, Billy, Billy, just to jump in there, I really like that point because September baseball 
October baseball, sorry, is so different. Martinez is not going to get 2-0 fastballs. He may not even get 2-0 strikes. Uh, bets, they're going to pitch around. Um, th- these guys that are that are raking in the regular season and getting pitches to hit won't in the postseason. You're going to see, I think, walk numbers go up for Martinez, for Mookie. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and you look at so, Moreland in the second half, he's not driving anyone in. Yeah, so he's I mean, I guess the key up. is if we're going to advance, and I don't think that's a foregone conclusion regardless of who we play, but if we're going to advance, and maybe this is something the three of us could talk about, you know, just as a um, – you know who who's going to be the one or two guys that that isn't traditionally the stud that's going to have to be so that we can get to the ALCS. Yeah, I mean in 04, you know, Bill Miller had the big hit. Do you see a guy in the bottom of the lineup that's going to be able to get a big hit but that's not a superstar cuz I don't see anyone. I mean it obviously it's going to happen by surprise, but I don't see anyone that's capable of stepping up in a big moment. Well, let me ask you guys this, uh, and we kind of beat it to death ad nauseum in the earlier part of the season, and I'll start with you, Jeremy. How do you like Mookie hitting leadoff? I don't. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me to have a a run producer like Mookie hitting leadoff. I mean, uh, at the same time he's done it, he's going to win an MVP doing it, so it's kind of silly to say, well, (laughs) I mean – he should be hitting third or fifth or whatever to protect JD or vice versa. Um, but you know, the, the front four is good enough where they kind of all protect each other. And I, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Again, obviously he's been so successful there. It just seems silly to me to not have him hitting either before or after JD so that they can have that, you know, the same type of effect on the lineup that Ortiz and Manny had. Uh, you know, a decade ago. So, but that's just my opinion on it. Obviously, Corey knows more baseball than I do. Well, the the other thing that drives me nuts is what other team has two scrap heap guys like Moreland and Pierce platooning the four spot? That drives me nuts. And especially as Billy said, Moreland's only hitting. I think coming into today, it was only one seventy seven since the All Star break. Yeah, I mean, um, Billy, I, I think that's going to be a real big issue. Um, as good as he is defensively, he's offered nothing offensively. He's not going to hit against any left-handed pitchers. Um, I know we're going to talk about Dombrowski later. I personally think the Pierce move was actually one of the better things he's done as far as in-season player personnel decisions. Um, I don't necessarily know that he's going to be a game-changer. But in my short list of players that can potentially have an effect in October not being in the top fives, uh, someone that we look to, I've, I've got Kinzer in that list, I've got Devers on that list, I do think that he's got the, uh, especially at home, the ability to maybe maybe win you a game. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't know how sound it's going to be, you know, for three rounds of, uh, of playoffs, but... But and I hadn't had you on, so I just I was all first half of the season. I was just absolutely mortified that he just was keeping Mookie there, and I don't think Mookie even has a hundred RBIs. And some people say, well, that's not as useful of a stat as it previously was because he's up there in runs scored, and you know, and, and then in a lot of other categories, but. 
I just I prefer the more traditional, you know, setup with uh, with him hitting in the three spot. I mean, so I see hitting, the point for your leadoff hitter to get the most at bats if he's your best hitter. He's their best hitter, so I understand why they're doing it. You want your best guy seeing the ball more than anyone else. Well, I mean, if we had the Astros lineup who hits well one through nine, and even the Yankees for that matter, then to me, Mookie would would be a lot better off in a, in a leadoff spot for those teams. But but as we were saying, I mean, is Leon or Vasquez going to be getting on base for for Mookie to drive them in, or um, or or Moreland for that matter, or um. You know, Devers sticks. Leon sticks. I can't stand that he's going to be on the roster. No, uh, but Terry, who would you have hit lead off if it's not Mookie? Coming into the year, I I really thought Bogarts was the best option because I mean he had that slappy contact hitter style with that you know at least through the All Star break his his. Uh, OBP was, you know, well above three and a half. So, but now he's kind of transitioned into more of a power guy and, you know, maybe a traditional five hole hitter. But I don't know. I mean, if it's not him. I can see Benintendi leading off. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. Benintendi did not hit a single home run in the month of September and only two since the All Star break. Not many people mention that, but. Um, he's another guy who's been a little short of power. Yeah, and Jeremy, I want to bring back, you said Kinsler's on your short list of guys who think can make an impact. Honestly, is there a chance that Halt starts at second and maybe Devers at third? I mean, they've been the more productive guys this month. Yeah, I like Devers at third, uh, at least early in uh, in the game. Um, I I don't disagree with you, Billy. I just think that um, Core is going to go with the guy with the 36 year old who's going to play good defense, especially if you're going to have Devers in the lineup as well. Holt makes the plays at him, doesn't give you much by way of you know defensive ability outside of basically uh, his shoulders. Um, Devers is such a liability, you can't have two key spots in the infield where the defense is lacking. So, for that reason, I think they're going to go Devers at third. Um, and then Kinsler, who he's not who he was, but you know what you're going to get out of him in October when you don't know what you're going to get out of Devers. I think that's really important with Kinsler. I really who starts do. at third against lefties. Who do you have? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Probably Nunez. Um, I, I would say Hull. His splits are almost even. I think with Holt, he's going to be the key utility guy. Like I told. You guys off air. Uh, I have the twenty-five man roster roughed out here in front of me. I have Holt as the as the utility guy based on the specific situation in the game. I don't know using him early is beneficial to having the flexibility later on in the game. So I, again, I don't disagree with you, and I think there's so many parts of this roster that are interchangeable, and I think a lot of it will depend on who gets hot and who gets the first few big hits, to, assuming they're coming. Uh, so you know, Dever comes out and hits a big fly. You know he's gonna he's gonna go again the next day, right? So and the same with Kinsler and and if Holt gets a start and 
goes two for three with two RBIs and a walk, he's going to be back in there. It's that type of year where um, you go with the guy that's getting the big hits. So I do think a lot of it is going to be based on a, um, you know, a, a, an almost an inning by inning basis. So not much for your prediction, Billy, but that's kind of how I see it. I mean, October baseball is based a lot more off field than the regular season. I agree wholeheartedly that Kinsler will be the everyday second baseman. But, and, and I will say that Devers kind of won me over in the last week with the power. And he had a, a game where he had six RBIs. That was the ridiculous 19 to 2 game or whatever. But I'm not convinced that Cora is a Devers guy. I think he's a Nunez guy. And so I think Nunez might get a lot more starts than we anticipate right now. And, and, and we don't know anything right now, though. I mean, we know Chris Sale's going to start game one, Price game two, and Porcello game three. And that's all the information they've given us on anything. And, um, and I mean, while we're discussing that right now, let's just say Devers is the starting third baseman. Let's just give give him that for the moment. We'll give Moreland first base just for the hell of it, I guess. I mean, Pierce would probably get more playing time if it ends up being the Yankees, but we'll just say Moreland for a minute. So Devers and Moreland at third every day. So you have Holt, Nunez, Swihart, Pierce, Vasquez, and Leone. And... So let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six of them, and we can only keep four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jeremy, I know you said Leon sucks. He's going to be on the roster regardless. The pitchers love thrown to him. But I don't see a point of carrying three catchers. And, I mean, Vasquez offensively gives you little or nothing, so I don't see why. I don't see him on the roster if I'm being – I don't see Vasquez making it. Let me simplify this even more real quick. We know Holt's going to be on the roster. I mean, he just, as you guys said, he's been he's been playing very well. His power numbers are up, and his splits are even on both sides of the plate. We know Pierce is going to be uh, on the bench as well because, I mean, he's the only other first baseman we have, and he does play well against the Yankees. And as Billy just said, we know Leon will definitely be on the roster. So basically, you have only one to pick from from here out. You got Vasquez, Nunez, or Swihart. Yeah, I mean, if, in that scenario, it's probably going to be Nunez, but is it for sure that he's not going to carry an extra bench player and not one pitcher, like uh, one less pitcher? So I read an article this afternoon that said, last week that Cora said he was going to carry 11 pitchers. So I have them in my 25. I have them all on there. Um, yeah, I know Leon. There's five guys off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I know Leon is going to be on the roster, uh, mainly for Sale, because Sale apparently is a big baby about who he throws to, despite how he projects an exterior toughness. Um, drives me absolutely nuts, if you guys can't tell. Um, <laughs> I... I, I Swihart and Vasquez are both going to be on the roster. Um, the the problem again is with Devers being as poor defensively as he he is, he eats up at a second position because you're going to need a guy to come in, um, and and you have to have the roster flexibility knowing that Devers is not going to play third base in a one run game in the ninth inning. So um, 
the three catchers give you some flexibility. Obviously, Nunez, Holt, they're going to be there. They're going to give you flexibility. And then, you know, the outfield's Benny, Betts, JD, and JBJ. So I think the infield is really well set. I think the catchers, it's going to be all three. I think the, the, where, where I don't and – and I have it listed where I have the pen as I would have it. Don't like it, but I have it. And then I have some four bubble guys. So I think where there's going to be the question marks and I'm, we're probably going to all be looking at the roster in the next couple of days when Cora announces it will be in the bullpen. But I just don't see a way – where, first of all, Swihart is too versatile, and you don't know what's going to happen game to game. You know, Swihart was playing right yesterday. Not that you want him there in a playoff game, but he just gives you way too much flexibility to not be on the roster. Leon's there because Sale's a baby about it. And Vasquez is really your best complete, you know, all, you know, offensively, defensively catcher, even though he's lacking offensively. So I just, that's just the way I see it. Um, and I don't hate it. Well, we can't carry three catchers, though, uh, you know, and I, I get what you're saying with Swihart. You know, he you can play him, you know, you can play, you can catch him first base or corner outfield. But, I mean, if you go three catchers, then you're then like, you can pinch it. Then you can pinch it twice in the catcher spot. But, That's the other thing. They, so, so Leon's going to hit. In the whole, you know, in the second or third, and then in the fourth and the fifth, and then he won't hit again. And then you have the, uh, you know, if Moreland's starting, you have Pierce there. You have if Devers not starting, you have Devers there. So you have the ability to have guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark in key at bats in the seventh, eighth, and ninth when that spot comes up in the lineup. And I, and I, if we're being honest, Terry, I agree with you. I, I think, and I've thought this way the whole year. I just think carrying three catchers is, it's. <sighs> It's a waste of a roster spot when I've already identified that you need another roster spot because of Devers. So I, I agree with you. I just, in my mind, I, I've resided myself to the position that that's the way they're going to do it. And I don't know if it's Cora. I don't know if it's Dombrowski, but that's the way they're going to do it. And you saw the way they handled the Swihart situation when they were talking about trading him, and his agent came out and said he wanted to go play every day. You know, they made a concerted effort to keep him in the organization and give him a role, and I think that is being that's going to extend to the playoffs. Well, so on he, your roster, Jeremy Devers doesn't make it. Then, no, he's on there. He's starting. He's your starting third baseman. So who doesn't make it in that scenario? Because you said you were carrying three catchers. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it can't happen because I mean, if you do, then at least one of Holt, Devers, and Nunez can't make it. Because then you, got, you need Pierce. You need Pierce. Yeah, you, you mean you, you well, know. So guys, th- just to answer your question directly, and I'm not going to list off my 25 because that's just really bad radio. I I have Workman off, Wright off, Velasquez off, and Brian Johnson off. I have a short pen, um, and, and that's where I the pen. It's not going to be this revolving door. It's going to be your key guys and key roles that are determined probably internally, and they're not. They're you know they're going to have either Erod or Rivaldi in that long relief position. So there's going to be innings to be eaten by a guy who is a starter who's extended to throw more innings. So uh, playoff baseball, you don't need the six guys that throw one innings, uh, a single innings, because you're going to have one or two guys on the roster that are going to be able to be capable of, of eating up multiple innings. And then in do-or-die games, you're going to see, like, if they're down two games to one in the ALDS, Sale's going to come back. He's going to be available. And they're going to throw Sale on short rest before they throw Brazier or or Hembry if he makes it. I know that's a roster spot. 
So I just I think you're going to see a shorter bullpen, a smaller bullpen, um, and you're going to see the flexibility in the lineup because uh, they're going to have to score runs uh, with the bullpen problems to to win games. Well, you said you don't have Workman. If it was me, I'd have Workman because I think the guy's got balls. Um, I think he's I been reliable Henry. all year, and he's pitched in a World Series before. I think he has to make it. Well, he's got. I, a, and, I hope, and I hope I'm wrong. He's got a six, I hope I'm wrong. Six point four eight ERA in the month of September. Workman does, and I'm a little surprised you don't have Wright on there because in 13 innings pitched, he has a zero point six six ERA and. I mean, I'll just run through them real quick. I mean, Kimbrell's got a 3.86. Robbie Scott, and this is in the month of September. Robbie Scott, a 4.15. Bobby Pointer, 4.63 ERA. Matt Barnes, 5.06 ERA. Brian Johnson, I don't think he'll be on there anyway, but he's got a 5.25 ERA. Heath Hembry, 5.68 ERA. Joe Kelly, 8.36 ERA. Pomeranz, 12.27 ERA. Um, a lot of these guys aren't pitching well right now, and I just I think Wright has to be in there because we don't know how many innings you're going to get out of your 3-4 guys. And uh, who who is the fourth starter going to be? Uh, I'm assuming Evaldi. Oh, yeah, I think I it's going to be Evaldi. Evaldi's. Yeah, yeah against the Yankees. Yeah. Will be, yeah. He's got a. It kind of surprised me. And five games in September, which looked to be starts, or maybe some of them were long relief. Um, a one point three five for Evaldi, and that sounds extremely low. But um, yeah, I mean that six inning start against the Yankees a couple weeks ago. I think that sealed it for him. He's a number. He's a he's a game four starter. Yeah. And if it's the Yankees. If it's the Yankees. I mean, one of the things that I noticed today, and, and I was specifically looking at Coral's commentary over the last week about pitching and the, and the playoff roster, is he used the term most likely when describing Porcello as a Game 3 starter. That was that was one. <laughs> I mean, tell Porcello that he's the guy so he can go out and prepare for it. But it, it it's... You know, you you know that they don't necessarily, and his road splits are okay, but they're keeping they're keeping it open. I personally would have Erod and and Terry. One of the things, you know, just so we're clear, there's what I think will happen, and there's how I would do it. And with all you know, Red Sox decisions, those two are oftentimes very diverse because right. I would have Erod in the lineup. I think he has the ability to flash. And dominate for five innings. Um, so you know, and the, and there's been no talk of that unless I assume it's the Athletics, and then you may see Erod over Evaldi. Um, and then because Evaldi can throw strikes and he throws hard, you can trust him in the bullpen to come in and at least pound the strike zone, whether he gets guys out or not. You know, is up for some debate. But um, I, I, I mean, I, I probably would have Wright on the team because he's. One, he seems to pitch with some chutzpah and and a, and, a, and a certain like I don't care. I'm just going to float the knuckleball out there and see what happens, which I like. Uh, so I would have him on the roster. I think Kelly stinks out loud. I wouldn't have Kelly on there. I have no trust in Henry whatsoever. Um, you know, so you know, just so we're clear. I, and Billy, I agree with you. I like Workman, if for nothing else other than the fact that he's pitched in playoff games in a Red Sox uniform prior to his arm injury. So um, I would also have Workman on there. 
you know, how it shakes out, who would be on and who wouldn't be on. I guess I have to take a minute to look at that. But, you know, I just think that Cora has – he's shown in the last two weeks where he's slotted guys in and tried to get people certain looks that this is the way I think it's going to happen. I, I don't necessarily agree with it. So do you have a lefty out of, out of the pen? Like, uh, not, not Eduardo Rodriguez? Pointer. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I think Pointer makes it too. Just for like a one-inning guy or just a scenario guy for one lefty. I mean, against the Yankees, I guess you don't really need a lefty unless it's Brett Gardner or Aaron Hicks maybe. And against the Astros, you definitely don't need a lefty. But, yeah, I could see him as like a scenario lefty. Well, no, you always need a lefty. And I know we're, we're not quite on the Dombrowski topic yet, but I think it's a real indictment that the management team did not go get a power left-handed arm. Uh, I think it's an absolute joke. I think it's pathetic. Um, it makes me kind of like irrationally mad at Dombrowski if Pointer's in the game trying to get out a, a power-hitting left-handed bat in the eighth inning of a game. I mean, I, I can you like is that really what it's come down to with a team that's as loaded as this that we don't have a power left-handed pitcher? It's ridiculous. And I, I when I was building the roster and when I was roughing out the twenty-five in, in my notes, um, I'm, I'm just sitting there like. I looked through the roster three different times. I went from ESPN's roster to MLB's to BostonRedSox.com. Like, there's got to be another lefty in there that that has the ability to take that role, and there isn't. And it's hard to believe. And, it, and like I said, it, it's, I, I, I can't. I just can't imagine that that they're allowing that to happen. But they have. Is Zach Britton a lefty or no? Yeah, he's a lefty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's left. And Dombrowski was on record saying that. They had the pieces to do it, but they just felt like they didn't need to. And then there was, it sounded like a tentative deal was preliminarily agreed to uh, with the Nats for um, Calvin Herrera, who I, I think is a righty though. But, um, but the reason why that didn't happen, according to Dombrowski, was there was a sudden change in philosophy. And a lot of people speculated that that was the Nationals because they, they dangled Harper out there uh, late on the evening of July 30th to see if any interest uh, would be there, at least in terms of a deal that the Nationals thought would be suitable. And then Nothing materialized there, so they pulled Harper back, probably pulled Herrera back, and so the Red Sox didn't make that trade. And then, like I said, a deal was, um, or Dombrowski did have the pieces, but he didn't uh, think it was necessary. And my biggest fear throughout the month of July was we didn't play a single 500 team until the final series of the month, which was only a two-game set against the Phillies. And I was telling people, I'm like, I hope Dave Dombrowski doesn't assess this team's needs by July 30th just based on this month because we're not going to be playing shitty teams after this. You know, the schedule is going to get tougher. And and I didn't want to be sitting here at the end of September thinking, man, you know, we should have made a move and we fooled ourselves because we were beating these shitty teams and we thought we were better than we actually were. And that's exactly what's going on right now. And we're undergunned and we know Kimbrell's going to be there in the ninth. I'm assuming Brazier will be the 
uh, eighth inning guy. He has a two three one ERA and pitches very well if it's a clean inning. And and then before that, like you guys said, I mean, we're just patchworking the rest of it. You know, I mean, we're hoping Kelly isn't on the roster. We're hoping maybe Hembry isn't, but you, you got to slot. You still have to slot Barnes in there, whether we like him or not. Maybe Workman, who knows? Um, Pointer, I, I like Pointer. Um, Robbie Scott was starting to pitch fairly well, so I, I don't know if that's going to win him any points. But you know, he'll be considered to maybe be the lefty. And um, but as you guys were, as you were saying, Jeremy. Um, this is something that Dombrowski is going to have to answer to. And Tyler Thornburg was shut down for the year. And Oh, good, because he sticks, too. Yeah. I mean, the, the, reason why, the reason why, in my mind, Erod is not being discussed as one of the top four starters is, cause, is because Dombrowski butchered the bullpen and didn't have the left-handed guy out there. So you're putting him you 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 forced yourself into taking one of your top four guys and not starting them because you have to have them in the bullpen. And you may and and the thing the ironic thing about that is with with any lefty one out guy or any left-handed pitcher there may not necessarily be a need for him. So could you imagine if we're if we're like in a situation where Erod doesn't start one of the first four games but then he also really doesn't have there is no need for the lefty guy. So you don't you don't start him even though he's definitely better than he's definitely one of your top four guys. But then you don't maybe he's not even pitching high leverage innings anyways because the left-hander's coming out in a low leverage situation, so you're not going to burn him there, and you don't even need. It's like it's it's it, Dombrowski has butchered this thing um, with the bullpens, and he just keep he his his mindset was I'm just going to keep I'm just going to wait for these guys to pitch better, and then they never did. And Kelly went from the guy who you know got a, a standing ovation at the Celts game after getting in that fight with that meathead that's not a Yankee anymore. Um, Tyler Austin. And then he stunk. And it, it, yeah, he's in a oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, and I know, I know his name. I just wasn't, like, okay. But he, Kelly stinks. Uh, you can't put him in a game. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't throw strikes. All he does is throw fastballs. So if he does get one in the, if he does throw one middle middle, it's going to get crushed. Um, and I mean, it, I don't even blame the guy, the the staff. I don't. I blame Dombrowski for not going out and getting the guys that are going to be pitching in those spots. I mean, it, it, you're going to see it with the Athletics. The Athletics are built based on the the Moneyball approach, and the Moneyball approach is great over 162 because water finds its level, and ultimately, guys with on base percentages are going to get on base. And but what happens in the postseason is. Water doesn't necessarily find their, find its level. Guys don't hit, even though you know over 162 they would. And so, yeah, I personally think you're going to see whether they win on Tuesday or not. I think you see the Athletics flame out, regardless of you know the pitchy matchups or whatever else. I'm sure we're going to get into it, but with this um, with this bullpen, uh, I don't know. It's a mess. I'm so frustrated by it. Yeah, back to what you said about Joe Kelly. Like, I agree he is terrible, but I still think he makes the roster. Just because of that one good month he had, I think Corey's going to put him on just in hopes that he can get hot. Yeah, he's going to be on because he's a swing and miss guy, and you have to have a power arm. So, I mean, as crazy as it is, as likely as he is to walk in the run, who else would you choose in the seventh inning to, uh, you know, one out, bases chuck? 
You're gonna. I mean, it's gonna. It's loud. Laughing. I'm dying inside at the same time, but I'm laughing. It's gonna be Kelly because because he has the the ability to go belt high with 99 and get some guy out. Yeah, he can get a ground ball. He can get a strikeout, but he can also throw a wild pitch. You know, yeah. there's no silver lining. Well, Barnes is good in that role, though. Usually, with inherited well, runners. I yeah, like Barnes was hot in the first half, and then he cooled off. Well, he had the hip thing, so it could be a matter of health as well. But yeah. um, I don't know. I, I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to face the fact that we're gonna be uncomfortable with at least four of the guys in the bullpen. I mean, and that's just I'm uncomfortable with everyone in the bullpen. Yeah, I just I like I'm not comfortable with him, and and when yeah, the I'm pressure's not even on, with <laughs> he's yeah, unless he has a three run lead. If he has a one run lead, he's giving up a run. If he has a two run lead, he's gonna give up a run, and then there's a chance of the long ball. He's a raging head right, case. So, so one of the things that I am optimistic about is the is the analogy of the closer outside of the ninth inning and. It was two years ago, Kimbrell outside of a safe situation was like a 6 ERA, and then inside of a safe situation, he was like a 1-8. We played 30 meaningless games or 26 meaningless games in September, and I understand that you want to see results, but like it or you know, or, or hate it or, or understand it or not, I just, I, I'm of the mindset that you're not going to see the same level of competition or competitiveness and in in when a month doesn't matter. And I know that's scary, um, but I do think you're going to see these guys come out with the games meaning something again and be different. And but especially then after the a month of, of not playing competitive baseball, you know, it's, you got to, how are they going to adjust? No, I agree. And that's why I started out this particular podcast with the analogy of the 90s Braves, because I think that's a real and present danger. I, I think you have a position where they can't turn it back on. Teams have been able to do it. Uh, generally speaking, it's a it's a problem. Historically, um, I, I do, and I mean, I mean, don't, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that Price stinks in the playoffs. Sale stinks in the playoffs. Porcello has stunk in the playoffs. Um, there's not a lot of historical information that's going to suggest that, especially with regards to the pitching staff, that they're going to, you know, move into this October and all of a sudden dominate. So it's a problem. It's, the reason, it's one of the reasons why I don't think they're going to win the World Series. Um, and I think that they could get eliminated at any stage along the way. Um, but I am hopeful that at least like a guy with Krimble who's got electric stuff seems to be healthy. There's no issue with his arm. There's no issue with his lower body. So the stuff's there. So I'm hopeful we get back into meeting games and he, and he starts to be what he's capable of being. Yeah, I, I mean, I, what you said, I don't want to be a little too premature, but just – Yes or no? Do you think Kimbrel gets re-signed by Boston? No. Yeah. All right. Me neither. Yeah. No. I. W- there's other priorities, and and his numbers are his numbers are trending downward anyway. So well, it's his it's his last chance for a deal. So, and I don't blame him. I always said growing up that if I was an athlete, I would have been the guy who'd go up to the press conference and be like, "Yeah, it was about the money, dude. These people paid me ten thousand, ten million dollars more than the next team would." course it's about the money right yeah and i think kimbrell's at his this is his last deal it's probably going to be a three-year deal it's probably going to be with a middling team that is looking to try to somehow get over the hump and i just see i I don't see boston giving that money because bogart's coming off a 100 rbi season you got to sign him you know 
Mookie's an MVP. Got to sign him. Uh, you know, they're talking about reworking JD's deal so they can buy out the opt-out years and give him some more money. To me, it's like I know there's no answer uh, because the rest of the bullpen stinks, so you can't pro- promote from within. But I just see Kimbrel as being that casualty where that ten to fifteen million could go somewhere else. I think he's going to get a five-year deal. Really, I haven't looked at the free agent list. And I hope it's, I hope it's the Yankees if that's the case because that that would be hilarious. Well, I think it's going to be the Braves. Yeah, I think he's going back to Atlanta. Yeah, that's that would be my guess, but you never know. I mean. You this know, free agency is going to be fun. It is. It absolutely is. You know, with Harper Machado to see if that four hundred million gets uh, reached. I don't think it will, but um, let's uh, let's just get into the Yankees and the the A's right now. And uh, Jeremy, what's your preference? Like, who do you want to win that? A's. You want the A's? And, A's. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't like. I'm the type of sports fan where I don't actually enjoy the games because I just take it and I've gotten better over the years. And since I've had my kids, like it means less than it did when I was in college and stuff, but these games are not enjoyable. They're, they're stressful when they, when, when the season ends, it ruins like two or three days of my life. I know it sounds (laughs) ridiculous, but it's just the way it is. And I don't, I don't, I'm not like, I want to beat the best to be the best. Like I'd rather beat your dying, your wounded, your pathetic, your losers, and then win a world series and be like, no one cares what teams you beat along the way 10 years from now. They care the fact that you won a championship. So give me the athletics. Give me Cleveland with multiple injuries to the starting rotation. Like, let's go. Like, just win win the rounds and move on. And to do that, uh, in my mind, the athletics are the team that – and I know we've had some problems with them. <laughs> they know hit us, for Christ's sake. But um, um, I want the athletics. I don't, I don't need – I don't care. I would love to see the Yankees get blown out in that wild card game. Yeah, and anything can happen in Yankee Stadium, too. Chris Davis could hit four home runs that are flyouts in our stadium, you know, the other way. So, I mean, yeah. I think Oakland could blow out the Yankees in that game. Yeah. Well, I don't think Chris Davis is going to get anything to hit, but, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, and the other thing is with that stadium, you, you could get a home run from a guy who, you know, otherwise wouldn't hit one. You know, and those games are so wonky. Uh, yeah, those games are crazy. I love the wild card game. I'm I'm the opposite of you guys, um, and, and here's why. We know the Yankees. We've gotten to Chapman. We've gotten to Robertson. We've gotten to uh, Batances. Um, you know, Britton, you know, he's obviously a top pitcher, but um, their rotation isn't great, and Severino um, is going to pitch game two. Doesn't pitch very well in Fenway. Um we know them and with the A's there's just so many unknowns and we're going to go to Oakland for at least a game or two we never play well out there they have a great bullpen you know between Kelly Familia and Trinan that's a that's a great 7 Eight nine. So I mean, if we don't have a lead by the the seventh, we're we're probably not getting one. And well, Terry, you just made a great point that I did not think of, and maybe I'm going to change my opinion. The travel to Oakland, even if they advance, is a problem. That is that that's that that grinds on a team big time. So I don't necessarily hate it, but um, I just think that Yankees are the tougher out. Plus, I agree with Terry about Aroldis Chapman. We're going to hit Chapman. 
Chapman stinks in the playoffs. Chapman, he's a great regular season closer, but you saw it in the World Series when he was on the Cubs. He stinks in the playoffs. He's going to choke, and he's definitely going to choke against the Red Sox. He doesn't scare me coming out of the pen. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, they Oakland's not going to be afraid of us. You know, they're just... They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to lose, right. They're... There's no there's no pressure on them. They got a really good manager, Bob Melvin. And when you look at the Yankees, they don't know who they're starting yet. And it, it has to be Hap, in my mind. I mean, he's the only consistent guy they have, and they're being a little coy about it. And But they know they're going to catch Sanchez. And, you know, like that's something you want to do in a, you know, in a go-or-go-home type game. And I just, that front office, I think they got some serious philosophical dilemmas going on behind the scenes right now. And I'm just, I'm just not as afraid of them. Rick Porcello matches up very well against them. Sale, if he's, if Oldie does, Sale um, does all right uh, against them if he's healthy and, uh, David Price, um, I'm the biggest David Price hater there is, and ironically, he's got the October jitters, you know, based on his last couple of starts, so I'm just going to assume that's a loss until he proves me wrong, but um, but I think our starting pitching staff overall matches okay against them, and we we lost four out of six before... Oakland had any chances to really make any upgrades and they still beat us and no they do not have Manaya who no hit us but you also have to remember that one of our two wins came in a rematch against Manaya as well so I think Mike Fires is good enough to to get to their bullpen you know he can probably play two or three run ball and then hand the bullpen uh you know, a, a close game anyway. And um, Brett Anderson has had a, a bounce back here. Edwin Jackson as well. Uh, I don't know if Trevor Cahill is back or healthy. but And then they have some decent situational guys like Mengden and Bassett. And it's just a team that's just going to be a, a pain in our ass. And I'm just not comfortable with them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't – I agree – I would rather play the Yankees. I wouldn't. I don't see a Yankee starter that slows down our lineup. I don't think any Yankee starter holds us less than four runs. You could be right. You know how. And if you get a good start from a guy, four runs is going to be all you need. Well, I mean, well then we 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 have to worry about the seventh, eighth, and ninth. You know, out of our pen, like we were saying. It's going to be messy, and, and like Jeremy says, it's going to be stressful, you know, regardless. But um, I, I don't see a sweep no matter who we play. I think it's going to five no matter who we play. That'd be nice, and I keep telling myself, I'm like, I just want to have a one to nothing lead in the ALDS. I just want to experience that again because it hasn't happened since 2013, and... Um, you know, and the weight of the world is on, on our shoulders like no other year previously. We won 108 games. If we if we get bounced here, we're going to be that team until until we do win it. So do you think it's World Series or bust? 
It should be. It should be. <laughs> I um, think if we do get bounced by the Astros, I don't think that's going to cause an uproar as if as big of an uproar as if we get bounced by any other team. Well, the Astros are the best team in baseball, regardless yeah. of what the records say. I think they ended at, what, 101 or 102? And they didn't really have a hangover either. You know, they were injured pretty bad. I mean, Correa missed, I think, a couple of months, and Altuve was at least a month, I think. And um, Bregman's a stud. Yeah, Bregman, I mean, he's going to be probably fourth or fifth in the MVP voting. Maybe even third, actually. And um, their bullpen, it took them a little while to get that beefed up. But uh, Ryan Presley has been phenomenal. Probably one of the best eight-inning guys in the league. And and, uh, and then Ozuna. Yeah, and they have Ozuna, too. Yeah, and we hit Ozuna fairly well. So th- that could be problematic in, in a matchup with us. But against anyone else, he's obviously a top closer. Um, so... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just we got to get out of that first round. That's what I care about. If we don't, then this season's an epic failure. And if we lose to the defending champs in five, six, seven games in the ALCS, then like you were saying, so be it. But but you know, the window is closing for the Red Sox, whether whether we like it or not. And you know, we yeah, and I mean. I think no matter who comes out of the AL wins the World Series. Yeah, I mean, the Cubs, I mean, I thought were were almost a surefire to go to the World Series, but they might end up playing the one-game wild card here. Yeah. Yeah, and the, you look at the Brewers, they got a nice lineup, one of the best bullpens, if not the best bullpen in the majors, and but their starting pitching is a little shaky. I don't believe in Atlanta at all. I just their bullpen is isn't great and their rotation is okay but but not great and um so I, I don't think I don't think they're going to the World Series. So who do you have left? You know, the the Rockies or the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, if, on paper, the Dodgers would scare me if if the Red Sox would make in, they would play the Dodgers. But then you look at all those guys in the playoffs and Kershaw in the playoffs, and I just I'm not scared of that Dodgers. Right. Um, you still here, Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm only uh, showing one thing on my Skype. So. No, I mean I'm here. I, I getting back to the the question about is it World Series or bust? You spend two hundred million dollars, it better be. I don't think they have some of the the pressures that they've had in years past where like Farrell has to get to a certain point or he's fired because obviously Cora is going to be here. Um, Dombrowski's not going anywhere. I don't think whether they get to a certain point or when the whole thing is going to have an effect on anything with Mookie or Bogey or, you know, anything like that. So there's no exterior pressure to be like it's, it's world series or bust or, you know, like, like last year with Farrell, um, so, but you spent $200 million. You're the Boston Red Sox. Uh, there's five teams every year that say it's World Series of Boston. We're one of them. So, frankly, I love it because it's, you know, we're there every year. But um, I, I don't think they're going to win the World Series. I think the bullpen, you know, I envision the season ending on like a going oh, into God. the six or seven. Well, no, not even that. I, I see it being like, it's like six, three and, 
Sale comes out of the game, and 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 Cora makes the right decision and takes him out after 97 pitches, and it, it is the right decision. And then they're up three going in the you know the last nine outs, and they can't get him. And you know whether it's one or two or some accumulation of the issue, I just see that's how the season ending. And the offense, as good as it, it's it's again, I, I mentioned it earlier, they're gonna pitch around. Like JD Martinez is not getting three zero fastballs. They're gonna they're gonna walk them. They're gonna deal with Bogarts, and then they're gonna say, "Look, no one in the back half of this lineup is gonna beat us." So, it's it, just get ready for a different type of baseball. And I, and I know you guys know that, and and I know our listeners are gonna know that. But it's it's nice to be reminded that the game is so different in the playoffs. Every pitch matters. You're gonna see teams using the mound visits differently. You're gonna see bullpens being used differently. Uh, uh, Madden uh, two years ago with with Chapman, you know, how, how often they used him. It's just stuff like that that you would never see in a 162 season. So, um, you know, I do think they, they have, especially the front arm talent, if Price can, if Price can be break the, this playoff issue of sales himself, you get almost anything from Porcello or Evaldi. You get Kimbrel to be Kimbrel and you have a lead in the ninth. I think they can win. And I think they're, I think they can win a World Series. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I mean, it should be World Series or bust, but, I mean, realistically, that Astros team is the best team, you know, regardless of what their payroll is. And also, though, if if we get bounced in the uh, first round again, I think it's 50-50 Dombrowski gets fired because the window's closing anyway. I mean, we only have sale through next year if he can even give us, you know, six – well, seven, really, seven months of baseball if you count October. Um, he's just not, will, a, he's not a builder. So I just think, I don't think the plan was to even keep him longer than that anyway, you know, even a few years ago. I don't think, I think Dombrowski no goes. To, you can go. I don't think Dombrowski goes unless he wants to go. They knew what they were getting with him, and he's done what he what he's done traditionally, which is blow up the farm system, get get major league top end talent. He's done that, and I don't think. I mean, unless you're going to say that the bullpen was so poorly managed that it's worth his job, fine. But I just don't see the Red Sox traditionally aren't that overreactive, and under this regime, you know. And then with the Astros, just to hit on your second point, Terry, look. Their lineup is is you know more of a linear you know line, whereas you, you know the Red Sox are better one through four. They have two MVP candidates. Don't tell me that the Astros are better one through four because it's just not factually accurate. But they are better one through nine. Um, but I think the great equalizer is Fenway Park, and I think the one hundred eight win the, the one hundred eight wins matters for that reason because all you got to do is win at Fenway at the end of the day. You know you can lose three games in Houston, but if you win them in Fenway. And where we're traditionally better offensively and, and everything else, I, I don't necessarily say they're 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 automatically better now. If the Astros had won the hundred and eight, and we're going to Game One to Houston, yeah, that's I think it's a different story. I do think they're a, a more even uh, roster generally, but I think the one hundred eight is important for that sole reason, and I and I I like our chances in that series. Again, I, I just see at the end of the day, the bullpen being the issue. Well, they've been there and they've done that though. And also, I mean, Verlander, Cole, Keiko, Morton, 
That's better than our one through four, you know, in the rotation. And they're a defending champs. They know what it takes. Yeah. I, I yeah, just. But how often do people repeat? I mean, you know, as for as say, for, for every time you can tell me, look, they've been there before, they know it. It's like, okay, well, you know, and the Giants only won even years for like half a decade. So I, I, I get it, and I and, and you know I don't know I, I am a better, and I'll bet on the games, and I don't always just bet on the Red Sox. So you know we'll see what happens with the ALDS, but I don't I don't just chalk it up to they're better and they're going to win. I mean, will they? You know, maybe, but I, I I like the fact that we get the four games at Fenway. No, yeah, I mean definitely, like obviously home field's a big point, but I just. I don't think it's just because the Astros are a better team. I just think the Red Sox will beat themselves, whether it's a big error from Nunez or Devers, or like you said, the bullpen blows it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I just I don't I don't have any confidence in David Price and Kimbrell. I wouldn't if he didn't have that big bullpen um, appearance last year. So I'm holding on to a little bit of hope. We'll see. I mean, he he's going to start game two, which is at home, and he has pitched well at home, basically all year. So, um, Terry, I, I, does your does your does your analysis of the Oakland New York wild card game change if Price is pitching against the Yankees versus the Athletic? I mean, he's a puddle against the Yankees. He's an absolute abject failure, except for one start this year. Well, his, the Yankees. I mean, his ERA in Yankee Stadium is in the double digits, and um, I wouldn't pitch him at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, and and that won't well, happen. He's, not. he's pitching. He's pitching game two, but he hasn't. Right. Look, he 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 had a a fortnight injury, and that game was at Fenway early this year, uh, where he where he got rocked in the first inning in, in the whole video game. And he quit. He he quit that yeah. game. That's what that was. Yeah, that's that that was. Uh, look, I'm sorry, but. It's the softest injury in the history of sports, maybe humankind, to say that it was due to a repetitive injury by flicking a PlayStation 4 analog stick. It's ridiculous. And, and look, I, I, if we read, uh, you, know, you know, if Michael Hawley read a book about the Red Sox 10 years from now about this specific team and I found out about that 10 years ago or 10 years from now, I'd be so much better than him coming out and admitting it. Like, show some toughness and just shut the f- up. I don't know how we feel about swearing you, on the podcast. You can Sarah. swear. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Then, 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 David, shut the fuck up and just go out and pitch and get shelled like a man and, and be competitive. Like, it, it, it drives me nuts. And that's where Billy, I, I like, I feel like he's never going to shed the playoff thing because it's so easy for him to just turtle and be, and, and, and basically, for lack of a better term, term, just bitch out. And that Yankee start that was in Fenway Park. I remember how excited I was for that game, and he just he just quit on his teammates, and and they all say how much they love him, but he he he, and it, that's it's, it, that's one of a handful of times that he's done it where he just quits on his team, and it just so happened to be under the most ridiculous excuse of all night that he had you know hand numbness from playing too much. People Fortnite. celebrated the the August one where he finally got the win, but they didn't have uh, Judge. They might not have had Torres either in that start, and then. And that that whole series, Terry was all red, all Red Sox all the way. Right. Like it, it was that's still the, a big confidence boost for him, though. And baseball is a ninety percent mental; the other half physical. You know. Well, Billy, they came, but then he came out again in, in Yankee Stadium and got absolutely rocked again. 
Well, I wouldn't. He's not good. He's not a Yankee Stadium pitcher. He throws the cutter going away. That ball is going to be put in the right field for a home run, regardless of who's up to bat. Well, I think a lot of it is he's a mental midget and he sees the name on the front and he is different. And he, I, I, whether he overhypes it or for whatever reason he prepares differently for the Yankees or, or mentally he's different or whatever it is, I don't exactly know. But it, it, I don't know if it's a home road split thing. Like it's, baseball, there's so much statistics in baseball that's like you always want to go to the statistics, right? So all oh, home road splits or, or day day versus night, and but like and and I understand that has such a huge place in today's baseball, but like the eye test still is he puddles against the Yankees. I don't I don't care what stadium it's in. It could be, they could play at the uh, BC High. And he, his, he stinks against the Yankees. His one start against the. Um... A's, he got into the seventh inning. I think we had the lead, and Chris Davis crushed one off of him, and we lost the game. So there's In a, a playoff game, he's not getting that seventh inning, though. Yep, fair. He might not. Fair. Yeah, I, you know, but we'll, we'll see. But that, that's definitely a lineup that can mash. And I, I was watching some of their recaps in the last couple of weeks. I mean, Piscotti, Canna. Simeon, um, their third baseman, their Chapman's probably going to be a MVP candidate several times over, and that's that's a dangerous lineup. And early in September, I think it was the second week of September, I uh, I was looking at all the offenses from the top American League teams, and they were number one in the I don't know six or seven weeks since the all-star break up till that point so um it's it's not a, a lineup that that i want to deal with but um if, so let's say we get by the alds and price throws a awesome start would you trust him in the alcs jeremy you don't have a choice but like you personally like would you feel confident with him going no no, I mean you don't have you don't have a choice because he's your he's your second best guy and and with sales shoulder stuff he may he may be your best guy he's probably the best guy to go on short rest because again he's healthy and so you don't have a choice I mean at the end of the day you get there you got to go with what you got in the in the stable but and like, oh and no like, I just like, want you know obviously only choice I just want like your personal preference like would you be having a heart attack while he's up there. Yeah, I don't. I'm not excited for any of his starts. Well, if he did win a game against, you know, whichever team wins the wild card, he does pitch well against the Houston Astros. So maybe with a confidence boost, maybe he does. I mean, I, I can make the case, but you know, but that's just, all. But that's I, all I'm I can not, do. <laughs> that's all I can do, though. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not going to go again. Like the 162 versus the playoffs is so different, and I'm just I'm not. And you guys may differ from me on this, and I and maybe most people differ from me on this, but I'm not gonna sit here and roll out home you know home road splits, regular season statistics when it's it, it, the the playoffs are such a different monster. I, you know, every pitch matters. Like. It's zero zero, and you throw one bad pitch, and you lose the game one nothing. Your season's over. So it's just such a different situation. And he, time and time again, and I'm not just saying he fails in the playoffs. He fails in the big moments. 
generally speaking, the big start at Yankee Stadium with the Fortnite injury, the uh, and I'm sorry against the Yankees at Fenway, you know the start, the starts at Yankee Stadium, the the big games where. You know, we loved Pedro because he was a stopper. and Kurt Schilling was a stopper. And it's like you're on a three-game losing streak, and you see, oh, God, Kurt's throwing on Friday. Even if we lose today, we're going to end this thing, and we're going to get back on track on Friday. You see Pearson, it's like a price, I'm sorry, and you've lost three or four in a row, even if it is the regular season, and you look at him and you go, oh, Jesus Christ, this, thing, this losing streak's not going to end. And I know this year is not a great example because we didn't have too many losing streaks, but um, it's it's not just the playoffs. It's big games. It's big moments. He routinely fails. I root for him. I frankly like his personality. Um, I like that the teammates like him. I, I like that he, for whatever reason, is trusted by the clubhouse. And I do root for him to succeed, and I want him to be a Red Sox, and he's going to be a Red Sox because there's no way he's stupid enough to opt out. But – it just to me, it's silly to trust a guy who routinely fails. You know, whatever this big situation it is, he fails. I hate everything about him, and regardless <laughs> of what it is, how he does, how well he does, how poor he does, I, I hope he opts out. And I know that's a, a long shot right now, but you'd have to be the biggest idiot in the world. Well, he's already said he's not going to opt out. By the way, that happened in the middle of the season. Yeah, but what do you want like him to say? Way? I hate this team. I'm going to leave. Like. No, no, no. He be, look. He's not getting the same contract. He, he's not even going to get like the the whatever. What does he have left? One twenty seven. One twenty seven. Yeah. He, he let's say another team was going to give him the exact same deal. He's not going away. I mean, he's not. And I know you're going to say, well, Billy, you already said it. You know what? What else is he going to say? He's not the type. Price is not the type of guy to come out and say things like that and then back off it. He's not because he gets a, if he gets eviscerated, he he. He sucks his thumb in turtles. So when he came out and said that to me, he takes this stuff so personally. And, like, you know, you know he's following his mentions on Twitter and stuff. You know that he did that thinking there's one, one, I'm not leaving here. Like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be here. And then, two, he knows he's not going to get the, the same money or anywhere near it anywhere else. Well, look at it this way. And I'm not saying he's going to opt out, you know, and I think it's more likely than not that that he will not opt out. Uh, but he's already made probably $200 million in his career, and he's not going to get an Alex Cobb-type contract. You know, he's still they would look at his regular season numbers and teams are still going to find value in him. And I just feel like if he just wants to get the hell out of here, then, then he will. And he's going to get at least, he'll probably get at least a hundred million at which point he would only be leaving probably 27 million on the table. And the other thing that nobody talks about here too, is if his agent, whether he's right or wrong, so much as tells David Price, I think I could get you a, a really good contract. Price is probably going to listen to his agent, you know, over anyone. So, you know, so I, it's not it's not the longest shot ever that he opts out, but I, I don't know. I just think it's a little more possible than, than some people uh, might realize. No, it's definitely a possibility. I just think... 27 million like you said 27 million on the table that's a lot of money it's not 2 million you know that's still a lot of money 27 million dollars i i don't i couldn't see how he'd walk away from that he, uh, terry 
in a different iteration of this podcast, we have worked together before, and you and I disagree. So I know it doesn't bother you when I do disagree with you. I, I just couldn't disagree with you more here. Well, that's he's, fine. He's coming that's back. Fine. He's an absolute <laughs> lunatic if he leaves. There's no you're walking because it's not it, it's 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 you know it's guaranteed thirty one. What did you say it was one sixty seven? Like he's not one twenty. He's not walking away from guaranteed dollar bills like that. He's not. And with the the hand tingliness and the fact that for a large portion of last year there was the thought that he was going to have the Tommy John surgery. Like <laughs> it's just there's no way. There's no way. And I mean, it's a different conversation, but, and I know you're going to disagree with me on this. I don't want him to opt out. Like we're going to pay him the money. Like what he's, he's, he was really good this year. He just couldn't beat the Yankees. And if he, and you know, who knows what happens in the next month, but we're a one Oh eight win team because in large part to the fact that David price was really consistent all year, but for the Yankees, yeah, I mean, so, he's never going to pitch to what he's getting paid, but he did pitch awesome this year. Like, there's no denying that. Yeah, no, I want him to be a Red Sox next year. I'm, I'm Part of me is, like, a little bit surprised when I'm saying that, but what are the other options? Like, you already mentioned, Terry, Sale could be gone next year. I think they will throw a bunch of money at him, by the way, and I think that's part of the reason why Kimber will not resign. But I do want him to be a Red Sox. Who's our number two starter next year? Erod, like? I, and they and they don't want a long rebuild like the Astros. Well, th- those are two different animals, you know, because it's it's up to David Price what he does. Like he he doesn't really care about us if if he is seriously mulling an opt out. Um, and I I mean who knows? I mean if he gets if he gets shelled, you know, in game two in front of this crowd and is booed off the mound and just absolutely ridiculed, I mean, we haven't lived that yet. You know, that's at least a week away, but um, I don't know. That would I be just... interesting. That would be interesting. And the other thing, though, with David Price is he's already said it, and I also think this is just generally a misnomer that – players stay for the fan base they stay because they trust the organization and they tr- and they want you know whether you know in baseball it's the clubhouse or in football it's the locker room but they stay because of those reasons not necessarily the fan base i mean this is major american sports every city cares about their teams but for like the tampa bay devil Rays. yeah and so, he loves his teammates too yeah no and he said that he said that strongly and they've reciprocated the commentary so it, it, it just to me, again, it's a misnomer. I told you earlier I would be the athlete that would come out and say I am staying because this team is offering to pay me $10 million more than the next team. You know, it just to me, it's like it's so – it's such a cliche to say, oh, I'm staying because of the fans. No, you're not, dude. You, you're staying because you trust the organization. You trust that they're putting you as the athlete first, and you, and you like your teammates in the clubhouse. Like, I'm sorry, but – and I, maybe Boston's different. Maybe I'm, I'm – I'm failing to give some credit where credit's due because of the passion of the of the baseball fan base here, but just generally speaking, I think that's a misnomer. And and with David Price specifically, he's come out and said, "I fucking hate this this fan base." I, I, I and we already know he watches. I mean, he's probably seen our tweets. <laughs> he doesn't see mine because he blocked me, and I didn't even tweet at him directly, <laughs> which is hilarious. Maybe he'll listen to this. 
Yeah. Well, I tweeted at him, Terry, and said block block, block Cushman out MLB. Probably. I think I just I got tagged into something and made a snide remark or something. But I never tweet at athletes. I, I might harass, like, Pete Abraham or something, but um, – but not yeah, the not the athletes. Here, here's one other thing on the on the David Price thing, though. Um, our window is closing, and we're not going to keep everybody. I mean, you just can't do it, you know. So I mean, Porcello is up, Sale is up, Bogarts Porcello is up. Porcello can walk. Yeah, and I, I, that would be fine with me. But um, but those three are why, up why? next year. Why? Who who are the three again? Porcello, Sale, and Bogarts. If you sign two of them, and and for argument's sake, let's just say say it is Sale and Bogarts, it's a lot harder to to try to retain Mookie as well. And you got to also figure in uh, Ben and Tendi and them are going to start hitting arbitration. That's not going to be cheap. And, yeah, but at the same time, you're clearing money. Look. I you're the Boston Red Sox, and I understand we're not going to have, you know, the John Lester's and Bogarts of the world coming up through the pipeline here. This team is still young, and they have, you know, JD for five years or four more years. They still have a. They still have Devers is going to be a good Major League Baseball player for the next twelve years, and I think you know you don't build bullpens from within. You typically build them in one or two year deals. And, you know, there's a keen eye for it. And for whatever reason, Dombrowski doesn't have it. But, um, you know, you just signed Vasquez. Uh, Swihart's still going to be here. Um, Leon stinks, so I don't care. But um, Betts, Benintendi, JD, JBJ, these guys are still going to be here. Moreland's got one more year. Uh, they're going to sign Mookie or Bogarts. If Mookie's going to ask for $400 million, and I think the market's going to get set with Swihart. I'm not Swihart. Um, Bryce Harper, um, and you know, but if they, if 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 Mookie wants four hundred million and the Mets are stupid enough to give it to him, then they're going to sign Bogarts. Or, you know, or, or if he's going to take two hundred million, he's going to sign here. And well, Bogarts. I just don't see that there's. I just don't see that there's some like window, quote unquote, closing because at the end of the day, you're still going to have the dollar bills to pay guys. Like it may not be Kimbrell, but it's going to be somebody else, and maybe it's not going to be Porcello, who. Frankly, that contract was always ridiculous. Uh, you know, of course, he winds up winning the Cy Young. So, but they're going to go out and sign the next guy, the next third starter. They're going to pay him fifteen million a year because they can. And I, so I, I, I disagree with the whole windows closing thing. I do, and I think Sale's going to be here. Well, They'll give him thirty, thirty-five million a year for three years, and he will come back. Here, here's the big problem: we have to get underneath the luxury tax after next year. For the same reasons we had to, um, I think it was, yeah, it was last year. That's the reason why we wouldn't get a big upgrade because we had to stay under to avoid losing the draft picks. Draft picks are everything, you know. You you're losing the next Mookie bets possibly if you if you give up those picks. So we do have to get underneath that. And yes, Hanley's going to be off. Pablo will be off after next year, but Kimbrel. yeah, I mean, he's making, he's not quite making 20 million, but I mean, it's not a cheap contract by any means, but so it's not, it's not a given. And 
if Mookie Betts is going to cost four hundred million, I don't want him. And and I know that's no, an extremely unpopular take with a lot of people, but only once in the history of the World Series did it ever get won with a player making north of two hundred million, and that was in two thousand nine, which is really ancient history ago if you think about it. Uh, the New York Yankees, so uh, just teams. Well, that's why I said Terry. Terry, that's why I said. That if Betts wants four hundred million, then you sign Bogarts. This is what I do. This is what I do. After this offseason, I go up to Mookie Betts and I say, "Here's eight years, two hundred and forty million. That's thirty million a year for the next eight years." And if he doesn't want it, I go to Ben Intendi with that same exact offer, and and, and I lock him up for eight more years. Because let's see, after. He, I think he's got three more years beyond this, so you, you'd be you'd be tacking on another at least four or five years to to keep him with the Red Sox. But nobody wanted Bryce Harper at the trade deadline. They made him available in the last twenty four hours, and nobody wanted him. So that tells me that I mean these guys probably aren't going to be getting four hundred million because teams value players differently you know, than they did 10 years ago. And I don't know. And and the other thing you have to keep in mind here is Bogarts comes up first a year earlier than Mookie. So there, and what, what's his value? I think he's going to get similar to what Hosmer got this off season. You know, yeah, 140. Um, so I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I I think Mookie's better than Bryce Harper. Um, but he I don't know. He's so dynamic that he's gonna get whatever the top of the market's gonna be. You know, what's the phrase? It only takes one team. You know, you know the it's it, there's gonna be a team out there that's gonna go to some some far reaches of the financial situation that most teams, that the other teams won't go to. And the the problem with Mookie is that he's that electric of a player. He's a two-way player. He He's a five-tool guy. He's a generational uh, he's got, he's talent. To, yeah, he's a, he's about to win an MVP. He's still so freaking young. He's still, he's so, he, he's a, he's a point guard NBA level athlete playing right field. And you just don't see it. So whatever the whatever the farthest dumbest team is willing to go, they're going to do it for Mookie Betts, and and that's why um, you know I, I I like your comment is go this year and say look Mookie we can't let Bogarts go if you're not going to be here. So you know here's I'm a, you know eight million you know eight years two two hundred forty million, and if he tells you to go pound sand, then you go put your sights on Bogarts, and and you don't worry about spending on Bogarts. You get your one more year out of Adam Mookie, and then, you know, he goes. And, you know, the team's still going to be in a position to win World Series unless something drastic happens. So, Yeah, um, I don't know if we're going to be at the forefront of it, though. I mean, the Dodgers are going to be really scary next year once they get um, Well, how are the Dodgers and... going to keep spending over the salary cap? Because you mentioned the, the escalating penalties indirectly about five minutes ago. The Dodgers are in the thick of that now. I mean, how are they going to avoid... Those escalating penalties, and then they're they're going to pay 50, 50 What is it? Fifty percent tax on every dollar, and then they're going to pay, 
you know, the draft picks. And, and I mean, it's just crazy. At some point they have to stop and they're going to have to peel back and have a normal, uh, you know, high end, but still within the tax threshold uh, uh, roster. I thought they were below it now, but hang on. I just, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're below it right now. Uh, well, no, they're, uh, they're only a couple of million uh, over it. They're at 199 and I think it's one, 97 but they a lot of their guys are still younger and and cheap and i mean you got like walker bueller i mean he's going to be pitching uh tomorrow's game 163 just having a you know a nice year and and uh i forget the other guy ross stripling i think they they've got and and then kemp's gonna be young talent and kemp's gonna be coming off the books as well and I, i think Rich Hill might be coming off the books, so yeah. I mean, they're they're going to be competitive for a while. So are the Astros. The Indians got a similar situation that we're in, um, but I I don't know. I I don't know, and you know, I well, one uh, of the big things too is, and we're going to stop paying for athletes that don't play for us here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, and no. um, I don't have the exact expiration of the contracts, but Pablo Sandoval's got to be coming off the books here pretty soon. And, ne- and you know, year. we're paying for we're paying for superstars that one were never superstars, and two don't play for our team. Yeah, after next year, that his comes off and Hanley's comes off this year, and if we don't pay for Kimbrell, then yeah, we got two guys in the minors right now, Travis Lakins and Durbin Feltman, that could very well emerge as late inning guys. So um, yeah, and Jay Groom's injured, and he's gonna be a he's gonna be a top ten starter in baseball one day. Yeah, but that he let's see, he had it early this year, so he probably won't be on a mound until probably next July or August. At which point you got to figure the following year he's still in the minors. So what's that? Twenty twenty. So we probably won't see him until twenty twenty one. But but you know maybe maybe he's our next ace. But it's still a little ways away. I'm I'm not as comfortable, I guess, as you are, Jeremy, with the with the immediate future. But but a lot of things still, you know. A lot of dominoes still have to fall before before we really start worrying about that. Um, let's just uh, let's just go over real quick, and then we'll wrap uh, tomorrow. The um, these two matchups are phenomenal. I'm not even going to get to see any of them, but at one Eastern, uh, the the Rockies and the Dodgers will play game 163. Loser goes to the wild card. Herman Marquez is uh, has a 2.57 ERA this year against the Dodgers, and then uh, Walker Bueller has a 2.61 ERA against the Rockies. So nice matchup there. And uh, are, are you guys rooting for the Rockies? I, I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah, rooting for the Dodgers. Really. I've been a Clayton Kershaw fan my, for as long for a long time, so I always root for the Dodgers out of the National League. Yeah, oh, fair enough. I just I love the Rockies and and uh, you know it's a nice underdog story. They'd end up playing, I think, 
the Brewers or the Cubs in the you know in the NLCS if it happens. But um, I don't know. Just an interesting matchup there. It's such an exciting day. I'm so sad that I have to miss it. Um, and then let's see. Did you got some, Jeremy? No, I mean, I just, I, 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 well, one is I don't have any second favorite teams. Um, and there's a ton of guys I like to see. Um, but every decision I make and who I root for is, you know, what is ultimately in the best interest of the Boston Red Sox. And having the Dodgers potentially have to go through the wild card and ultimately lose, um, I, I just think that's better for the Red Sox, assuming we can get to the World Series. So, And then, like you said, just – the underdog situation. Um, I like I like some of the Rockies' uh, talent. I just I think it's young and fun, and I like to see some playoff games in that ballpark. Yeah, the same reason why I'm rooting for the Brewers against the Cubs. Um, I'd love to see kind the Brewers of, win. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I like I like that roster is really talented and kind of underappreciated in my mind. And I don't know. I, I again. Uh, the Cubs, they've been here for years now. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe four or five years ago they were losing 111 games, but they, they, I don't want, I don't need to see them in a World Series. I have no interest in that. Um, so again, what's in the best interest of the Boston Red Sox? Um, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I just like, I, I would prefer to play the Brewers. I was just in both of these uh, parks uh, a little over a week ago. I was in. Miller Park to watch them play the Reds and then Wrigley when the uh, Cubs were facing the Pirates. So it's kind of fun. And the the neat thing is, is those cities are only maybe an hour and a half apart. So I'm assuming they travel by bus. So even though it's an away game for the Brewers, I mean, it's just a quick jaunt back up there, you know, to start the NLDS if it shakes out that way. Um, Jose Quintana gets the start, and he's been knocked around the last few games, but he does have a 2-1-7 ERA and uh, six starts against Milwaukee this year. So they're clearly playing matchups there. And uh, Milwaukee's is TBA, so that might be more of a bullpen game, but they got the best bullpen in the league, so... Um, yeah, so yeah I mean, it's not do or die, but both teams. I was reading uh, some quotes from, from the rosters for all four teams, and they all get it. I mean, it's the, the important. This game is huge for, for all four clubs. You don't want to play the playing game. You want to get in and have that, the you know, the ability to play the five um, in the NLDS. So uh, it's just another product of the, the playoff format change just paying dividends because you get you know awesome games tomorrow that i will be watching and, and following even though i'll be working um you know it, it's just it's a great time of year um you know it's it, it just shows that i think this that baseball can compete with the four other major american sports leagues because of you know october is has now become this do or die and it's just it's to, to have 162 come down to basically a playing game Two playing games followed by two one or done games. It's just awesome. It's an awesome week. Absolutely. Um, I guess we'll wrap on that. If I can have you guys sit tight because I do need to go over one more thing, but um, um, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, let me just 
wrap and the, um, the song's gonna go as well so just one second but for everyone on uh, Periscope that stayed up thanks for uh, for tuning in and we'll be back Thursday with Tyler and Liz and then uh, Jeremy and uh, Billy will probably be in and out throughout the uh, throughout the playoff game so have uh, have a good night Sox Nation, it's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox right for return.